Hello everyone and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Hope you're having a great Wednesday night. Thank you for joining me on tonight's show. I'm excited for this one because we are actually going to rank the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC. We're going to do so. We're going to have a little bit of fun because the Cowboys are playing the Broncos. And if Dak Prescott plays, of course, it might not be the most exciting game of the season. So we'll talk a little bit about the rest of the conference as well because the Cowboys, as you guys know, are not only fighting for the division, they're actually not fighting for the division because there's no fight in it, in my opinion. But they are fighting for that top seed in the conference. So we will shift our focus away from the NFC East, like you guys should do, and onto the entire National Football Conference. We will do that. I will ask you, where would you rank the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC? We'll also talk a little bit about the Broncos. And then finally, as every Wednesday night, we will move on to one cool thing of the week. As always, what is your one cool thing of the week? We'll have that at the end of the show. But as you guys join the room, make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you share the show with your friends so we can get more Cowboys fans in here. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, please let your friends know that you're watching ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. So now that more of us are here, let's get ready to start the show officially. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network every Sunday through Thursday at 8 p.m. Central Time for your Primetime Cowboy Show. Now, for more Cowboys content throughout the entire 2021 season, make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. You can read about Michael Parsons and his impressive stats Will Steele had an article on that on the site called Inside Numbers. And Michael Parson eats versus the Vikings. And of course, he eats versus the Vikings because he is the lion. And we have learned that the lion is always hungry. All kidding aside, though, Michael Parsons is a legit football player. And man, has it been fun to watch him play in a variety of roles, but really come to life versus the Minnesota Vikings as one of the top defenders on that football team, right? He has been for the entire season, but his performance versus Minnesota in specific has was very impressive. Now, of course, more Mavericks content in there as well. And always, you can enjoy the shows from Will Steele, my, myself, and of course, Jesse Holly when he joins those game day shows that we have here on ADC Sports Dallas. So I hope you're enjoying all of that. We're aiming to be your one-stop for your favorite Cowboys content. That is the objective here. And of course, try to cut through all of the fluff and get to the important information that you as a fan can enjoy and can uh, really just hopefully increase a little bit your knowledge on the Dallas Cowboys, but also ourselves can improve our knowledge from all of you. That is why we love the live chat, the live chat uh, of aspect of these shows. Stevie Mac here in the chat as well, reminding you to hit that like button and share the live stream. Woods is trash, says Tino Santiago. Glad he's gone. The only social media I have is LinkedIn. Just thumb down his burner account. What is up, Chris? APJ. I'm seeing all of you guys here in the chat. And Dallas Junk, who is driving safe from his work, I, I assume, 
Thank you, Dallas Junk, for choosing to listen to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Now, I'm going to start the show right off the bat, and I'm going to ask you, where would you rank the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC? It is a difficult question. It has become a more interesting one as of late because the Cowboys are showing us some things that we have not seen in a long, long time. I can tell you that these Dallas Cowboys are doing things that I am not even familiar with. I really am not because we're talking about a Cowboys team that for a decade had Jason Garrett at head coach. And every time that a player was missing, particularly at the quarterback position, the Cowboys went back to these conservative game plans, right? And that has not been the case for the Cowboys. They have played one game without Dak Prescott and they were very aggressive, but that's just The major example, because we're talking about the quarterback position, but if we're talking about the Marcus Lawrence missing some games, Lyle Collins missing some games, the Cowboys have been so aggressive every step of the way when it comes to their adjustments. We talked a little bit about this last night, but the point that I'm trying to get across is this is not similar to those years in which we were kind of saying, you know what, this might be our year. If this team improves this and that, the Cowboys could go the long distance. No, this team is little by little starting to look more of like a favorite than an underdog in the playoff conversation. And that is interesting. And I have to say that I wanted to give this rankings some thought before actually sharing them with you. I was planning on doing this segment last night, but I wanted to give it a little bit more thought, try to remove any potential biases that I might have and try to reach a objective power ranking for the NFC. I, I don't want to include the AFC because things might get a little bit more messier, uh, messier, excuse me, if you are including the Buffalo Bills who are a little bit hard to figure out. The Kansas City Chiefs, who are, of course, would be lower in the rankings because of their recent performances. But I think that I, I just wanted to talk about the NFC because that is a conference that we are most concerned about. Forget about the AFC for a while. Now, I'm seeing some answers, some interesting answers here in the show. Uh, top four, says Tom Downey. Uh, oh, Tino will be on the Cowboys Stadium next weekend on the 12th for the Atlanta game. Can't wait. I hope you enjoy it, Tino. It's a great experience. I really hope you do. Jennifer says, first to me, they're number one. Dallas Jung will go with number one as well, number two over here. So a lot of changes. Now, I agree with Tom Downey. A lot can change from now until week 18. I, I agree a lot with that, and I always like... I've never been a fan of power rankings, which is why I don't do them this often. But I really want to put my finger on where I think the Cowboys are sitting at right now. So I'm not going to make this a dramatic show. That is not the plan. So I will share with you my top five immediately. I'm not going to, you know, I'm more than generate drama. I want to get your thoughts on my top five. Tell me which team surprises you the most. Tell me if you think that the Cowboys are a little bit too high or maybe a little bit too low. You, you tell me and then we'll dive into why I rank each team at each of these lots. So let's go. Here is my top five teams in the NFC. I have the Los Angeles Rams at number one. I do think that the Rams are the best team in the conference and even more so with their aggressive move to go get Von Miller. I have the Cowboys at number two, and I never thought that I was going to rank them 
at number two. I never thought that. The Bucs at number three, the Green Bay Packers at number four, and the Arizona Cardinals at number five. Tell me in the chat which team do you don't agree with, which team do you agree with, whether you think that I'm too high on the Cowboys maybe or not. Let me know on your thoughts on the chat. Let's talk about this. I'm going to tell you why I have the Cowboys ranked at number two. So the Rams, to me, the, and we'll talk about those helmets, by the way. We'll talk about those helmets. I'm very excited about them. Believe me. So I have the Rams at number one, mainly because I want to give them some respect because of their continuity. They are a team that has been a contender for a few years now. Of course, they were in the Super Bowl in the 2018 season. They had a somewhat of a low year in 2019, but it was also due for, because of a lot of injuries that they had across the entire offensive line. Maybe Sean McVay had an off year, but they're back. I really think that Matthew Stafford is clicking with Sean McVay, and I really trust that offense to be a problem for any defense that lines up across of them. So I'm, I'm going to give them the edge just for that because they have some star players on that defense, just like the Cowboys do. But Aaron Donald, now that they have acquired Von Miller, even though he's far from his peak uh, mode in his career, he's still a great pass rusher. And of course, Jalen Ramsey. I think that Jalen Ramsey, you can still make the case for him to be the best cornerback in the entire NFL. Now, I have the Cowboys at number two, and I realize that this might be a little bit too high, but I did these rankings. When I, when I put my mind to making any kind of power rankings, I don't try to be based as much on what have they done. I try to answer the question on who would I pick if we were picking games in late December or maybe even in January. But I agree with what Tom Downey is saying in the chat that sometimes the rankings are a little bit irrelevant or some somewhat overrated. Uh, it depends on where the game is being played and who is healthy or not. The NFL is more about matchups than being better or not. I fully agree with it. And that is more or less the mindset that I try to bring when I do these kind of rankings, like who would I pick over who? And then just try to work from there. I have the Cowboys at number two because I truly believe that this team has an elite offense. And we talked about it potentially being such during the preseason and during training camp but they have exceeded my expectations by a lot. I did not expect the Cowboys to be as successful without Lyle Collins for five weeks. Within, well, we have not seen a lot of, of an injured Tyron Smith, but that should be the case next Sunday. But I did not envision them overcoming so much adversity in terms of injury or suspension in the case of Lyle Collins so early in the season. I just did not expect them to be as good. But we've talked a lot about the Dallas Cowboys in that aspect. Now, why do I rank the Tampa Bay Bucks below them? Just to be completely fair, I do think that they have a very favorable schedule. They lost to the, to the Saints last Sunday, but their schedule is going to be somewhat easy. The same is true for Dallas Cowboys, by the way. But I'm not entirely sure if the Bucks are going to be able to deal with that normal injury luck. Someone talked about who is healthy or not. The Tampa Bay Bucks were unbelievably healthy last year. That might not be the case in 2021. So far, it has not been. I think that they have some issues over at linebacker. Devin White, Levante David are not being as productive as they were in 2020. And I think that the best number to prove that is that between the two of them last year, they had 27 tackles for loss. 
They only have one each so far this season. Of course, there's a lot of football left to be played, but the fact that they have been dealing with a lot of injuries, maybe or everything around these linebackers has made them a little bit less spectacular, even though they're still one of the best linebacker duos in the NFL, in my opinion. Devin White, by the way, had a very bad game last weekend because he had three big-time penalties called his way. Then the Green Bay Packers, I have them at number four. A lot of people have them at number one. But I have them at number four just because I don't trust their defense a lot right now. They're number 22 in DVOA. And their situation at cornerback is far from pretty. And if we're talking about the Rams, the Cowboys, the Bucks, and the Cardinals, they all have very, very scary passing games. And that is the reason why I have their Packers a little bit lower than I think most. And then you have the Cardinals. And I might be being a doubter of the Arizona Cardinals, and I might be proven wrong because of it. I'm here for it. At the end of the day, if we want to play devil's advocate for the Cardinals, you might point out that their only loss came against the Packers, even if they did not have Devontae Adams, even if they do not have Lazard, but they bit the, they were close to beating the Packers if it wasn't for A.J. Green not turning to catch the football. But their only loss was in a short week. Kyler Murray has maybe been dealing with an ankle injury. Maybe when he gets back, the Cardinals are as dominant as they were earlier in the season. So I have the Cowboys at number two. That might be a little bit higher than I expected it to be uh, during the preseason. But this Cowboys team has proven that they can adjust week in and week out to any rival. So for those of you who are just joining, I will share with you once again my NFC Top 5 rankings I have the Rams at number one, the Cowboys at number two, the Bucs at number three, the Packers at four, and the Cardinals at five. I did not expect to feel this good about the Dallas Cowboys so early. But the defense is taking the ball away. Not only that, but that game versus the Vikings. You can talk to me all about the Vikings shooting themselves on the foot, not making the right decisions, coming into this game with a terrible game plan because I think that that is the case. But also, you can take credit away from the Dallas Cowboys. And this performance versus the Vikings had no takeaways and they were still able to produce defensively. And in fact, in a lot of categories, including yards per play and points and all of that, this was one of the best performances for the Cowboys defense in 2021. And I appreciate that a lot because it happened without any sort of takeaways. And you know how concerned I've been about that. I've been very concerned about the takeaways decreasing or even stopping, and then the Cowboys defense going back to a bad state. That has apparently not, that is apparently not going to be the case if we are judging them by their game versus the Minnesota Vikings. Now, uh, I don't know about Val Valentine. I don't know how would you define pessimist. But I would not define it as ranking the Cowboys at number two in the NFC. I would definitely not uh, consider that. What is up, Tommy? Thank you for joining the show. He says, Rams at number one. LOL. Come on, Mauricio. I am high on the Rams. I really am. I think that I trust Sean McVay a lot and what he's doing with Matthew Stafford. They have some legit playmakers on that football team. You have Cooper Cup, who has been lights out, of course. Robert Woods, who maybe has not been as productive for the fantasy football players. But they're a good team, and I like their trade for Von Miller, and I know that they're all in on this season. They know that it's Super Bowl or bust. Randy Gregory is a volley. Love how he's playing, says Tino Santiago. We talked 
even more about Randy Gregory last night in case you want to check it out. MVP odds, you not slick, sir, says pick and pop. I don't know what he means with that final part, but MVP odds, if I'm not mistaken, uh, is Matthew Stafford leading them, actually? I do think, and I think that this is interesting, you might have the Cowboys at number two and the, and the Rams at number one, but to me, it is very clear who has the best quarterback between these, these two teams. And it's got to be Dak Prescott. In my opinion, Dak Prescott is the best quarterback between, the, between him and Matthew Stafford. And I actually think it's kind of not that close. I think that Dak Prescott is better than him by, by quite a bit. Rams are more proven with Sean McVay and Dallas with Big Mike. It makes sense, says Tom Downey. And actually, that's a big part of it. That is the first thing that I mentioned, the part of continuity. I believe that the fact that a team has been in the playoffs year after year for a while, because that, had, that has been the case for the Rams, even though they had a bad season in 2019, of course. But the fact that they have this culture, right, of being a contender for a while in the conference, uh, to me, that deserves some points. And hopefully... That becomes the case for the Cowboys under Mike McCarthy. Even when the Cowboys have had good years, you know, 2016, 2014, they have been, even 2018, those have been isolated seasons with, under Jason Garrett. So hopefully with Mike McCarthy, they are actually capable of making this a more of a tradition, right? A more consistent way of getting to January football. So I think I have the Cowboys ranked at number two. I think that is more than fair. A lot of people have them under the box. A lot of people have them under Green Bay, under Arizona. One thing that I absolutely love about the Cowboys is that they're the second most efficient team in first down. They're putting themselves in very favorable situations compared to, for example, the Buccaneers that we talked about them being aggressive in second and long, but they're also seeing a lot of second and long situations because they're not as aggressive on first down. And I like the fact that the Cowboys are very, very, you know, willing to throw that football in first down. That That is something new for us as well as Cowboys fans. We, ha we have not seen this aggressiveness in every aspect of the game in a long time for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Tommy says, I'm on Facebook today, but it's TC915 on YouTube. Hey, I did not know that, Tommy. Uh, now I will not call you TC915 anymore. I will call you just Tommy. Now I know. And now I know, right? Uh, just make the playoffs with good luck, with help, means we have a chance. I agree with that. William says, would you elevate Kellen Moore to head coach next season? Would it be a massive chain to lose him? I love Kellen Moore. And at some point, maybe even before this season, I was like considering that scenario, right? Like I was thinking to myself, do you want to let Kellen Moore go if that opportunity presents itself for Kellen? I really love Kellen Moore, and I really think that he's being one of the best offensive coordinators in the NFL. But right now, I think that the answer for me would be no. I think that the Cowboys have other ways to make him stick around, though, and I think that they will. I think that Kellen Moore is in a position in which he knows that he, he, if he stays as offensive coordinator of Dallas Cowboys, as long as Dak Prescott is a quarterback, which he will continue to be, obviously, Kellen Moore has time. And I'm not only talking about Kellen Moore getting more coaching experience and refining his craft before moving on to a head coaching job, but he has time to pick and choose 
the job that he wants. He has time to wait for the right team with maybe the right quarterback before he says, you know what, I'm gone, I'm out of Dallas. I think that he knows that if he has Dak Prescott at quarterback, he has a very safe job. Not only that, but he has the potential to be just raising that price tag for his services. And I think that not, it, is, it is more about him waiting for his right opportunity. So I think that I'm every week that goes by and every time that I think about this, I'm even less scared about losing Kellen Moore during the offseason. I think that they will find a way to stick with him. And at some point, I did consider that maybe far-fetched possibility of elevating him to head coach. But I got to give the credit to Mike McCarthy as well. Mike McCarthy has given this team a legit culture. And I think that we have seen this every step of the way. And now that he has the two coordinators that he wanted, maybe in Dallas or the two, the two, the other coordinator, right? Because of course, Kellen Moore was already in 2020, was already here in 2020, but not Dan Quinn. I think that he has built something special. And I don't want to lose Mike McCarthy either. I don't want to lose Kellen Moore, but I also am not sure about losing Mike McCarthy. There's so much more to being a head coach other than game planning and calling the plays. And at the end of the day, if you elevate Kellen Moore to that role, you're flipping a coin in that aspect, right? And it's sort of that joke from Family Guy with the mystery box. We know what Kellen Moore is as an offensive coordinator. We don't really know what he is like as a head coach. And a lot of geniuses in terms of scheme-wise and game plan-wise and, and play-calling-wise have failed as head coaches because it is such a different job. You're installing a culture for your team. You're installing an identity. And I'm not doubting Kellen Moore, that Kellen Moore can do that, but Mike McCarthy has proven that not only can he do that, he can win championships. And what we've seen from this football team after those first these first seven games of the season, I'm not sure that Kellen Moore gives you that, even though I really love what Kellen is doing at offensive coordinator. I think, I think Kellen Moore stays after the season. I really do. I think that the Cowboys are going to be able to keep him around a little bit longer than we are thinking right now. Uh, Tommy says, Kellen Moore will be gone after the season. There's no way he's going to stay. When? Not if. Tommy is saying when in this comment, and he's actually capitalized we win the Super Bowl. There's no way he's going to stay when we win the Super Bowl. That is Tommy's take on this. Uh, Pablo Mendoza says, damn, I was about to start studying and I found this video. I'm an expert procrastinator, Pablo, so I don't, I don't hate you for that. Uh, true, and I thank you for being here watching the show. William says, true, I guess being the OC as the Cowboys is just as big as being the head coach for an average franchise. That is also true. The exposure that you have you're going to have Dak Prescott, so you know that you should be able to keep producing high-level offenses and threatening offenses. I think you're right. I don't think he lives either, says Jennifer. And it is very scary, to, and, and it is very easy to get scared of losing a coordinator like that. But think about a lot of coordinators that have been that have stayed there for a long time. You had Eric Bieniemy in Kansas. You have Josh McDaniels with the Patriots. That, of course, he had that brief stint with the Broncos. He failed at it. And then he remained with the Patriots. And Judge McDaniels might not get that chance anymore, by the way, because he has not done, he has not looked great maybe during the past few years. And at some point, you gotta also hold the Patriots coaching staff accountable for maybe not unleashing 
Tom Brady in the latest stage of his career when you saw the Tampa Bay Bucks actually unleash him, right? And with Bruce Arians' scheme. Uh, oh my God, who cares until we get to the Super Bowl? Who cares is Eric Griffin. I think a lot of people care. I think a lot of people care about the future of Kellen Moore. It's not just about Manis' town down his burner account, though. There are franchises that definitely not want to be a head coach and give up a job that I'm close with my quarterback and will only raise, raise my stock. And I, I agree with that. And that is more or less what I mean when saying that Kellen Moore has the opportunity and has the time to pick the right job for him. And that means the right front office, the right quarterback, a lot of it that goes into these decisions for the coaches. And also even something as simple as where do you want to live? Where, where, where do you want your family to be? And all of that, right? These coaches also think about that because they are humans after all. Now, moving on to the next topic, and I want to talk about this very quickly. The Cowboys-Broncos line opened at seven and a half, and it is already at 10 and a half. I think that no one is really scared of the Denver Broncos so far. Not even themselves. They are selling. They got rid of Von Miller for a reason. They knew that maybe they were not going to be able to reach a long-term deal with him. So they got two day two draft picks in return from the Rams. They are in sell mode. This team is a team that is not looking like what we wanted them to look because we talked about their roster. And sure enough, on paper, they have a lot of talent. But their defense, even though they have this fame and this reputation of being a tough defensive team led by Big Fangio, they're not doing a great job so far, even though they're coming off a game in which they were able to, you know, make, get some pressure on Taylor Heineke. So shout out to the Broncos for that. Someone was asking, like, without Von Miller, who is actually rushing the passer from the Broncos? And they do have some players. They have Weatherly, who they paid a very low price to get from the Vikings, actually. Shelby Harris, Dremont Jones had a great, insane play last week. He sacked Taylor Heineke by getting the tackle in the spin zone. It was fun to watch, but they're also dealing with a lot of injuries. You have Bryce Callahan, the starting nickel cornerback for Denver, injured. We'll see if he's able to play versus the Cowboys. He, he was replaced by Nate Harrison. Garrett Bowles also exited the game, exited the game uh, injured last weekend. So this Denver Broncos team is not scary at all. I think that is that is just maybe not. It's the NFL. Every game can be so so tough out of nowhere, right? But but I don't see how this game is close versus the Dallas Cowboys. But it is important to note that line movement. It went from seven and a half to ten and a half. That is a big movement for the line. And if that does not mean that everyone is expecting Dak Prescott to suit up on Sunday and play Denver, then I don't know what it means because it is a strong and quick line movement. And we saw Dak Prescott practice today close to 100% because the Cowboys had an interesting situation during this today's practice. They played an evening game last weekend, so they decided to have a shorter practice on Wednesday. Dak Prescott is expected to go full go tomorrow on Thursday, but since it was a limited practice, Dak Prescott was basically, according to the reports, practicing full go today as well. So the expectation is that, and I know that a lot of people will say, let's take care of them. We beat the Vikings without him. I think that we can handle the Broncos. And I agree. With, I, I understand where that mindset is coming from. But also, Cooper Rush played well in that final drive. But other than that, I don't know that he 
was able to produce a lot of trust on him facing any other team this season. Like, if Dak Prescott can go, Dak Prescott should go, right? The Cowboys were already cautious for one week. There is no reason if he is ready to go, which seems to be the case. Seemed to be the case actually last weekend, but they played the cautious game, whether we agree with that or not. So definitely expect Prescott to play. That has been a very common question on the show, on social media, from everyone, because we all want to know if QB1 will be on that football field. And even though Emmanuel Akko had a segment today on his, I don't even know what the TV show is called, slandering the Cowboys for even considering to play Dak Prescott, that is just flat out ridiculous, man. And if he can go, he will go. So expect that to happen. The Cowboys by six if Dak's out and by 14 if he plays. Williams says that he's predicting a 31 to 17 win for the Cowboys. However, it's late now in the UK, so I'm going to head off. Hey, William, thank you for joining the show. Didn't know you were on the UK, by the way. Uh, I appreciate that uh, very much. ADC Sports Dallas being international. Jesse says, I worry about Coach Queen leaving. That, that is, that, that is a, Jose says, I'm sorry. I think that is an even more valid concern. The defense responds greatly to him, and his halftime adjustments have not gone without notice. Did you see that eye story, by the way? Um, it, was a, it was a good anecdote. John McCutter wrote about it on The Athletic, on Dan Quinn sharing this story from the, from, with, his, with his defensive players in which he said that he is a friend of Ken Norton Jr., who is a coach in the NFL and is the son of heavyweight champion Ken Norton. And his son used to tell the story of Ken Norton telling him, his kid, that, hey, get the ice bags ready when he knew that the fight was going to go the distance. So Dan Quinn told his defensive players before the Vikings game, hey, get the ice bags ready. And even though he was up on the booth, uh, John McCutter wrote about the players telling him, like, Q, we have the ice bags ready. So I think that was amazing. This team responds, as someone said in the chat, to Dan Quinn. And I would be concerned about him leaving as well because I think he's coaching for a head coaching job right now. Uh, Pablo says, is Dak still the front runner for the MVP? I think he's not. I think it changed. I think it's now Matthew Stafford. The MVP odds are always so volatile, right? I would, I would take a flyer on Dak Prescott. I definitely would. Because look at the Cowboys' schedule. If you were to say which, like, which are the rest of the games that are actually scary on that the Cowboys 2021 schedule. And by scary, I don't mean losable. A lot of these games are losable. You can always face, for example, the Saints and be surprised like the Bucs were last weekend. But I'm talking about legit scary matchups. I think that you only have the Chiefs and the Cardinals in those categories. I really think so. Yeah, they can lose versus the Raiders. They can lose versus the Saints. They can lose to anyone. It is the NFL, and that is the most important thing to always keep in mind. No game is a freebie. But can the Cowboys call the Raiders a scary opponent? I don't think so. I think that the Raiders would call the Cowboys a scary opponent. What about the Saints defenses, Tommy? I agree with that. It is a good defense, and I think that Sean Payton knows it. And I think that that performance versus Tampa was a true statement that, hey, even with Trevor Simeon, we are a difficult team to beat. But that is, that is different from a scary team. I would not call the Saints scary. 
And you guys know, and I've said this all along on the show this season, I'm more scared about teams that can keep up offensively with the Cowboys than I'm scared about facing any legit defense in the NFL. So that is actually the reason why I was scared about facing the Vikings without Dak Prescott. I was not as scared about that pressure rate from the defense, even though I respected it. But I thought the Vikings were going to have an actual football game plan for the game and not have Kirk Cousins throw at the line of scrimmage the entire game. But I'm more scared about teams that can keep up offensively with Dak Prescott and company. So Tommy says, for example, I'm more worried about the Saints defense than the Raiders. And I think that that's where the difference with me comes, right? Like I'm, I'm more concerned about facing a top-tier offense. Don't be surprised if the Raiders get Deshaun Jackson, says Tavis Banks. And I think that is a very fair comment, of course. Uh, we talked about what happened with Henry Rocks last night. Horrible situation. But hey, could be. He was just uh, waived by the Rams, Deshaun Jackson was. Let's get him on the Cowboys just to cause some chaos. I'm not seriously suggesting that. Do not worry. But, <laughs> but I, that would be crazy. After all these years, hating Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson, getting him on the Cowboys would be just uh, playing playing chaos. I'm not seriously suggesting it. Again, disclaimer. Ryan Doyle says, anybody else notice that Chauncey Golson is making plays out there? He looks stout and strong. He looks like he can compete in this league. And he has looked that way since he rejoined the team. And that is something that I did not expect from Chauncey Golson, at least not this early. And what I like even more about Chauncey Golson is that he can slide inside and that Dan Quinn is not afraid to do so we have seen some weird fronts this season from Dan Quinn. And I remember that I talked to you about one that I loved when the Cowboys were trying to attack the left side of the offensive line. I think it was versus the Panthers, if I'm not mistaken. And you had Chauncey Golson, Randy Gregory, and Michael Parsons all stacked together, rushing the passer. And that actually resulted in a Randy Gregory sack, if I'm not mistaken. But hey, I love what this team is doing. Uh, over here says Alan Wilson, uh, no, sorry. Alan Wilson said you're right, but I missed what he was talking about. What damn to back. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Alan. I didn't, I didn't catch what you meant there. My bad. Ak says, I honestly don't think any of our coaches are leaving next year. Jerry will pay them. And Dan Quinn just left a head coaching job and probably likes all of the love here. Plus he brought a bunch of players. That is true. And that is going to be a big storyline next year. What will happen with Keanu Neal, who came to Dallas on a one-year deal? What will happen with Monte Cassie? And that is something that if we look at the culture that the Cowboys are installing on the football team, hopefully that helps some players come back, right? Because this team, and we're not used to this, but if this team proves that they are championship contenders and they prove that they can be again in 2022, it will just help get some free agent help. Because you know how players sometimes when they're veterans and they're near to, their, to the end of their careers, they're looking for opportunities to get that ring. They're not only looking for the back, they're looking for rings. And many of the Cowboys can get that competitive advantage in the market. That will be amazing to watch after this season, of course. Uh, I know this is Cowboys talk, says Joshua Davis, but who is Green Bay's backup when they play the Chiefs? It is... Former first-round draft pick, Jordan Love. Hey, the betting spread is at 8.5 in favor of the Chiefs. I'm not sure about that number. The Chiefs are struggling, and 
Jordan Love might be special. We really don't know. The backers have been very quiet about Jordan Love, but we know that his arm talent was crazy when he got out of Utah. And I trust Matt LaFleur to be able to keep it close. It's going, it is going to be a very fun game to watch, actually. It is going to be very fun. So before we leave, though, and tomorrow we'll talk more about this Broncos matchup. We'll talk more about it for sure. But as every Wednesday night, we have one cool thing. What is your one cool thing of the week? And remember, this segment is for you to share whatever you want to share. If this is something personal, uh, related to your job or related to sports, the Atlanta Braves, of course, champions of the World Series. But my one cool thing of the week, and make sure you share it with us, yours in the chat. Someone said the, uh, the last week, for example, that they were going out to dinner with their daughter or someone shared that they were going, that they had two new jobs. So your one cool thing of the week. And to me, this is sports related. It is, it was a no brainer for me, but man, the helmets that the Dallas Cowboys are going to wear versus the Denver Broncos. I am so excited about this. It is the first time since 1976 that they're actually going to wear this. And of course, honoring the Armed Forces and Medal of Honor recipients. I think that that is going to be legit. I think that a lot of people will be maybe not a fan of the Cowboys wearing these helmets just because, you know, some people like classic and don't like changes. But I love that we are actually going to get to see these helmets. And if you can see in the original overlay of the show or the base overlay of the show, I'm going to show to you, Look at that picture from Roger Stalbeck. Hey, we're going to get a similar shot of this from Dak Prescott. I'm so ready for it, and I cannot wait to watch them wear these helmets versus the Broncos. Packers signed Blake Bortles, someone said. I don't know if that was a, a cool one cool thing of the week suggestion. C. Brolson says, cool thing of the week. I'm going to the Broncos game, my first Cowboys game. Hey, shout out to C. I hope you enjoy it. It should be very fun. Usually, I don't know how the fan base of Denver is reacting to this poor season, but usually they are a very loud fan base. So I hope that you get that, that sort of game versus the Cowboys because, you know, there's nothing like going on the road and beating a hostile fan base. So I'm really not sure if that has changed recently with their struggles, though. But I know that they actually gel incomplete whenever there's an incomplete pass, and I love that. My brother is a Broncos fan, by the way. So I shout out to C. Tommy says, how was your date, Mauricio? It was pretty awesome. Not going to lie to you. It was pretty, pretty awesome. Uh, Joshua Davis says, that is badass helmets. <laughs> a lot of people are asking about the date, huh? <laughs> did your girlfriend like your fresh haircut? I think that she did. <laughs> she says, Pat Mendoza, I hit for $585 on my parlay. It says D-Town. Hey, congratulations to D-Town. Something crazy, by the way, if we're sharing, you know, bet-related cool things. Something crazy to me happened. I bet on the Braves to win the World Series before the series started, but it turns out that I actually had bet it all on game one. I messed up my bet, but I won, unfortunately, even though I, uh, fortunately, even though I made a mistake, and then I... You know, I let it ride again with them to win the series after the series was one and one. Shout out to D-Town. Hope you enjoyed that money and put it to good use. 
Michael thing of the week is Ronaldo scoring a double in the Champions League, says Raúl de la Garza. See you. <laughs> Hitting up El Bicho. Hitting up for Lazy. Very cool thing, says Tom Downey. Definitely is. Aaron Rodgers going to have, Aaron Jones, excuse me, going to have a great fantasy game. Jose El Garcia says, U.S. Air Force veteran, 76-85. Go Cowboys. Hey, shout out to Jose. We are all alive and healthy, and the Cowboys are 6-1. and one. That's a cool thing of the week. Thank you all for sharing your cool things of the week with me on tonight's show. I really appreciate you being here tonight. I hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you smashed that like button. Make sure you share it as well with your friends. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know that you're watching ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. And after the show is over, make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas for the best Cowboys and Mavericks content available. If you're into the Mavericks, man, what Ian and Alec Cash are doing for the site is pretty cool. It is quality content I recommend you go read it and follow them as well on social media uh, when you can. So shout out to the Cowboys writers as well on adcsports.com. Go check that out after the show is over. Tomorrow night, as always, game prediction, betting the Cowboys. We lost last week's bet. I admit it. I doubted the Cowboys for a moment. And this is a tough spread to navigate. Ten and a half is a bit of a, you know, is a bit of a high number. But the Cowboys should blow the Broncos out, shouldn't they? So we'll talk more about what the bet of the week is tomorrow on betting the Cowboys. We are five and two after seven weeks of action. Hey, Pick and Pop, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for your donation. And thank you for supporting the ADC Sports Dallas brand. Uh, Blake Bortles might start for the Packers for the next two weeks. Is Jason, we'll see. I, I still think it will be Jordan Love unless I missed that Jordan Love is in the COVID protocol or something like that. But that is still a risk for the Cowboys. Hey, by the way, might have somewhat of a surprise next week. Maybe I have a chance to talk to a, to someone. We'll talk about it next week. I don't want to jinx anything, but hopefully that is the case. So anyways, thank you for watching the show. I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday night. Thank you, guys.